Breezeway is all about uncovering initiatives that are forever changing the guest experience. Breezeway's best-in-class property operations and messaging platform helps do just that by helping operators differentiate their brand and deliver more service to their clients. Breezeway's smart messaging tools makes it easy to send welcome messages, resolve in-house issues, share status updates, and offer stay extensions and other services. Powering operations with messaging also enables automated texts to notify guests when a property is ready for check-in, along with assigning work orders to your staff to second guests message in with a request. Combine the power of your operations with client communications and visit breezeway.io forward slash guest X to learn more. That's breezeway.io forward slash guest X to learn more. Welcome to the Guest X Podcast, where my co-host, Brian Hamawi, and I uncover the latest technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising customer expectations and forever changing how we define customer experience across a host of industries. If you are passionate about creating incredible content and unique experiences, join us as we talk to leading product and experience experts across the globe and learn about how today's most successful brands are setting themselves apart from the competition. Mr. Guest Experience, Brian Hamawi. How you doing, bud? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, good. it's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. I know. Beautiful day today. It is a beautiful yeah. day. And uh, we're about to get hit with some some weather tonight, but uh, and it'll probably make it over to you. So we will yet again on our next show probably be talking about weather in Orlando. You've got to get, you've got to figure stuff high. out over there. Like it's Maybe a Maybe I should become a, a weather guy and not a... A guest guy. How about that? <laughs> weather guy. Weather, I, I, I think they're okay. I'm not even going to go. Yes, weather guy. Yes, I'm gonna, weather guy. You know just, what? With the weather, you can never be wrong. <laughs> what do you mean by what does that even mean? Is that like deep that, thoughts by Brian Hamawi? Here we go. This is what it means. I can say that there's going to be sunshine today. It rains. And that's okay. I wasn't wrong. I just didn't say it was going to rain. In 30 seconds, you've just alienated like an entire industry, by the way, of meteorologists, not weather people who go to school <laughs> and they study for this. But luckily, they're probably not as worried about guest experience. And therefore, you've not severely damaged our, our listenership. I so like we're going to move on. We're going to move like on to weather people. Weather, like weather people. We're going to move on so that you can talk about something that you're actually qualified to talk about, guest experience. But, you know, it's been fun. One of the things I love about our show is you go from, what, two weeks ago, Chip Conley, yeah. right? Former head of global strategy for Airbnb and everything else. And this week we get to talk to like a true entrepreneur seed capital round. And it's just great because it brings people across a spectrum of their careers together, but yet they're all talking about the same thing. They're all coming at the same problems just from different directions. And so today's going to be a lot of fun, but you, you go ahead and, um, and, and introduce our guests. Yeah. Today we have Madison Rifkin. She's the CEO and founder of Mount. Mount started as a software platform that can make mobile assets from a property like bikes, scooters, golf carts, kayaks, and turn them into rental amenities so that, get, that guests can have access to them. In 2021, Mount completed their first pre-seed round 
uh, by top Silicon Valley VCs and strategic angel investors. Madison plans on taking this funding and honing in on Mount's product market fit and completing key product development features. Madison, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian, Matt. It's good to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, so this is, um, this is an interesting one for me because, well, both Matt and I run or ran product companies and for the industry, a lot on the amenity side and the guest experience side. And for the people that don't know anything about Mount, I think it would be a great place to start. If you could give us a little bit of background on how you got into this project, you know, and then what it does, and we can start the conversation from there. Absolutely. Um, so I can give you a little background on where I came from and how this started, because it did not start in the hospitality space. I actually built my first bike lock when I was 12, and that's when this whole crazy adventure started. Um, I grew up in Denver, Colorado, and biking and outdoors was like everything to me. So that's that's where it started. I got a patent for that when I was 15, but didn't really become a full-fledged entrepreneur until college, where I took this bike lock and jumped into the micromobility space which as everyone knows is very chaotic and there's just scooters and bikes literally everywhere. I jumped into that space when it was a baby market. There were probably 12 scooters in Santa Monica. And I was like, well, these people might need a lock. Let's see what comes out of that. So I showed up at their office door flying all the way from Boston to California with my lock in hands. and was like, this is, this is going to be great. <laughs> it was, I did that for about a year and a half, two years. Um, but then the pandemic hit and, you know, with half of the staff of their companies went mount as well. So had to rethink what we were doing. One of the biggest secrets we learned from that industry was that tourists are actually riding these scooters and bikes more than the commuters. I'd say their usership is probably 80% tourists, 20% commuters back in the day. I think that's shifted now, but it really shined a glaring light that, you know, scooters and bikes should be put in places where tourists can use them, not advertise as a commuting tool. So me and the mount team packed up and jumped headfirst into hospitality. And that's kind of how our journey started with what is now Mount. We took 36 scooters, showed up at Airbnb properties and we're like, hey, can we leave these here? Let's see what happens. And they caught on like wildfire. We had 400 hosts knocking down our door wanting scooters in a matter of an hour. It was crazy. And then we just realized by working with hosts that there's a massive disconnect between being able to offer Airbnb or sorry, being able to offer amenities at Airbnb type properties. And then there's no way to manage monetize or safely be able to offer them. So that's really what Mount became is the software platform that can take whatever you have, no matter who you are in the world. So you might have a bike lying around, maybe you have a snowboard, skis, something that only gets used probably maybe once a month and you thought, oh, I'm going to use this a lot more. It's sitting around gathering dust, list that on the Mount platform. It now becomes a rentable amenity and any tourist that comes to your destination can open the Mount app, see what's available to rent, simply grab it. You don't even have to be there to facilitate the rental. And they're having a great time. You're making money. Assets are getting used and not being thrown in a landfill. And, you know, the guest experience is further elevated uh, and you're the host that's been able to do it. Very cool. Yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Let's, um, but it's really cool. Another, by the way, you know, the, Brian, another COVID company, right? We talked about this at the Focus Right conference. The just the amount of really cool entrepreneurship that was launched by really smart people being faced with new circumstances and, and new challenges and everything else. So very, it's really, really cool mess. And um, one of the questions that I have, and you started to address it there, but as you look at it today, and then maybe also in the 
in the future if it's different, but who is Mount's target audience? So is it right now the single unit, vacation rental by owner type uh, host, or is it the multi unit operators that we'll term professional property managers for all of our listeners, not insinuating that the, the people who have a single listing are not professionals on Airbnb, but just using the term. But who is it that you think Mount is a good fit for today? And is that change in the future? Yeah, it's a great question because I'd say definitely different things out of different types of customers. Where Mount started was with the individual owner, the person who owns one to five units or manages one to five units, simply because you're, it's easier to curate a really custom experience. Like the coolest Airbnbs I've found are owned by locals uh, who have tricked out the house or apartment with uh, local flair. So those were our original targets because they were already focused on the guest experience so much. We then realized that, yes, they're great. They're going to work really hard to get their amenities listed. But there was a need in the market uh, for larger property managers because they didn't have tools to be able to offer these amenities, but they needed to be able to, to compete in the marketplace. So we then stood up what we call a co-host program. So for those professional managers who are owning or managing or operating hundreds of units, they don't have time to overlook 50 to 100 bikes. That's not their main business. So they can actually bring in a co-host, a professional manager of amenities, who will put in the amenities at their property, run them as a program for them, and then they get a smaller revenue cut because it's not actually something they own, but the guest is still getting a fantastic experience. That's cool. You're creating micro businesses. That's really, that is really, really really cool. Cause I think Brian, that that was one of the questions we were kind of, so as a property manager, one of the challenges I would have is maintaining and managing the inventory that's in the homes. And I think if you, I mean, if you guys have sorted out how to do that, that all of a sudden does turn revenue on inside of a house that is just sat there. Uh, and that's always been a question because there is so much opportunity to turn incidental, you know, additional revenue inside of the houses. I guess, so you, do you guys, does the property manager provide the amenities? Are you providing the amenities? Is it, is it a combination of both? Yes. In most instances, the person who owns or operates the property is supplying the amenity because what we found is there is typically a garage full of amazing things that don't get used. Um, So we just turn those into rentable amenities. The co-host also has the ability to supply the amenities. Mount, though, does not. So we do not own or operate any of the actual amenities. Interesting. And do you guys, like, is there, a lot of people look at these units and they have no idea what kind of amenities they need to be renting. Like, I live in the Orlando market. And in some of these communities, some of them need things like golf carts or bicycles. And But the host doesn't really know what kind of inventory would be the best to purchase and then monetize. Do you guys go in and do some sort of an assessment and and tell them, hey, I think based on your market, these are the type of amenities that would rent the best in this type of home? Yeah, when you're going to list an amenity, you actually put in your property address and that gives us data on what it is. Because we're operating in so many different markets, we actually have really good know-how on what works well at what type of property down to like what geographical location. 
Um, so when you're in the listing process with Mount, you get access to all of that information. We'll definitely step in and let you know, don't buy that scooter. It's not gonna work well there. So you don't have to go make these purchases that actually don't pan out. It is hilarious though, like from the host side, we've had people get so creative that we've had to turn them turn down their listing because we're just like, oh, we didn't even think that was possible. Like we're not ready yet. Something you guys will think is funny is someone tried to list a podcast studio uh, for the nomadic travelers that were in their area. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. You would travel and do it. Totally. And then like a 40 foot yacht, someone tried to list. I was like, oh, we're not ready for that one quite yet, but uh, <laughs> that's awesome. And then uh, the really crazy thing is people started listing themselves as amenities. So we had private chefs come onto the platform, private masseuses, people who couldn't really tap into the traveler database, but used us to do it. <laughs> yeah. And it, that's got a little bit of an Airbnb experiences type yeah. angle to it. Uh, one, one of the questions that does come up is kind of around liability, right? And who's providing the service? Um, and when you think about these, I'm going to refer to them as micro businesses, maybe, and that may not be the correct term, but you know, there is a really cool authentic aspect to it. But there is, especially when you start thinking about things like food, and you've got quite a bit of regulation around food safety and those type of things, there then does become, you start getting into an area of maybe some liability. And obviously, Mount, I think you bring up a good point. Mount, very much like Airbnb, is a marketplace, right? It's a two-sided marketplace, and you're just helping aggregate them. But how have you tackled that liability and where do you see potential for improvement there or where are some of the current limitations? And maybe it is just about restricting kind of the things you're allowing, the type of commerce you're allowing to happen on the platform today until some of those issues can get worked out. Definitely. Yeah. Liability was actually one of the biggest barriers to not doing this yourselves. Like it'd be very scary to go list a bike and then take on all the liability. And it's great because we came from that world. Micromobility was on the forefront of changing the way liability and insurance worked. They still are. Uh, I'd say Airbnb did that too for their industry. So we got to see firsthand how crazy people get when they rent scooters, when they rent bikes and the liability attached. Mount went out and curated a full custom insurance policy for anyone who lists on the platform. And it covers, right now it covers injury liability. That's where we started because that was the biggest uh, bucket item. So if you're a host, your property is covered, you're covered, the renter is actually covered too that's renting the scooter, mount is covered. That's kind of where we started. Where we want to get to is a combination of that policy and then also what Turo does, which is they actually insure the assets. We haven't done that just yet because we're working with smaller assets right now, a bike and a scooter, maybe a thousand dollar ticket item. Don't quite need insurance for that, but if we do open up the platform to larger, more expensive assets, we'll want that in place. I'm a big Turo user and yeah. and it's good. I, I think guest experience wise, they've got a little bit of a way to go because the delivery of their product can get complicated at airports and things like that, where I think Mount, it's not a bad thing. I actually think it's a good thing that some of these things are smaller for you all because, you know, if I rent a stand-up paddle board or a bike, I mean, you know, flat tire is a big deal, but there's, it's a smaller dollar amount. And if it can be in the garage, when I get there, it's not as difficult to maybe deliver 
on my expectation, which really is meeting that get, you know, a good positive guest experience is at least matching the expectation where I think Turo is still a little bit struggling with that, but, mm-hmm. but it's really, it's really cool on the insurance. Cause I agree. I think that's a barrier. So what one, one other question that I've kind of got is just, you know, around what that expectation is for gas and, do we run the risk of starting to nickel and dime guess? And as, as a host, where do I draw that line? I, I think of the airlines where, and there are some now that you don't get a soda and you don't, but I will tell you my, my feeling when I've flown on those airlines is I feel like I'm being nickeled and dimed. Is there a risk of that? Do you think Madison? You know, this is a question we've grappled with for quite a while now because myself, even using Airbnbs, I would hate to show up and just, you know, now everything I have to pay for, I'm like, well, what's happening? I think it definitely depends on the amenity and the way Mount's platform has so many different types of payment options that it's really whatever the host wants, you can put into the software and that's how you want to charge it. So we've had hosts who build the cost into their nightly fee or they're, you know, they put in an amenity fee on their booking platform and then all the amenities are free when you get to the property. We've had people do a handful of that and then the bigger amenities where it's a golf cart, an electric bike, things travelers would typically be paying for extra anyways. Those make sense to not be free because you'd be paying for them, but you'd have to drive a mile to go get it as opposed to it being at your property. So I think there's a fine balance and definitely something we're playing around with is How can we potentially turn these properties into like an all-inclusive resort type feel where you're getting the kitchen, you're getting the pool, it's private, but you're also getting all these amazing amenities that are included. So just, yeah, I think we don't know what the balance is yet because we're so new, but I think we'll definitely define it as we grow. How do you guys keep track of the inventory as it gets used? I mean, obviously you're not at the property all the time, neither is the property manager. But if they have bicycles, for example, and they're for rent, they're at the property already. Is that does that mean that a property manager or you know the manager of those assets needs to go to the house, open it up, and, and deliver it to the guest, or is it just available at the property? And we're hoping that the guest is going to be good enough to pay for them. No, so we've streamlined the entire rental process and made it software. So any asset you list, you actually get sent a QR code, you get sent an IoT tracker. And you have to put those two things on whatever amenity it is that you're listing. So a bike, for example, then the guests, when they show up, when they open the Mount app, it actually populates with all these little bubbles with all the amenities in the property and then around in the area, they click on it and then they can see it on the map. They go find it typically in public type areas, but on private property, then they just simply go scan the QR code. They've already put in their payment information. They've already created an account. Um, And it just says, hey, do you want to rent this by the minute, by the hour, by the day for your entire stay? And then it's theirs. And what the software does is actually kind of unique. We took this from the micro mobility world is we basically created a geofence around each property and their amenities, which is essentially an invisible fence. So the amenity knows where it is at all times and you can't stop renting it until you're back at the property. So we've eliminated that use case where things get left in the middle of the street, in the middle of the sidewalk and the rental stops because that drove us crazy um, coming from an industry where that happened. So we eliminated that in our model. <laughs> That's very, very smart. Yeah. I mean, I just look at assets. I'm like, Oof, how do you keep control of all of this stuff? I know Matt's got more questions. Yeah, this is no, right down his alley. It is. Um, 
I I have more of a bit. <laughs> it is. I uh, I'm just thinking about a couple, but from a business perspective, Madison, is Mount B to B to C, or do you view it eventually as B to C? I mean, right now you're using the other businesses to effectively get, drive you the consumers at a at a lower cost of acquisition than if you were trying to go out and just create this through Google AdWords. And that could be very, very expensive, right? And you need them. You need that side of it. But it is the chicken or the egg. So how do you view the platform? Yeah, I think it's, it's exactly what you summed up in that Mount right now is using Airbnb hosts, the travelers in that network, as kind of a way to kickstart our, our acquisition and kind of brand know-how. Uh, it was an easy way for us to get to aggregate the market essentially, because technically it's quite dispersed and going after one by one would be very challenging to find. So right now we're working to actually integrate Mount and the rental feature into every layer of software that exists within the short-term rental industry. We started with guest experience apps and embedded the rental feature into uh, those type of apps. We then went to the OTA level and it embedded the rental feature at the direct point of booking. Uh, and once we're done executing and launching all of that, which is quite a lot, uh, the Mount brand is what comes next. And essentially, Mount really, the vision for us is renting amenities, being able to do thing, cool things when you travel. It doesn't just stop actually when you travel. The vision for Mount is to have these amenities and it's where you're living, where you're traveling and where you're working. Because really, who wants to buy a bike to use it once a month and you've just spent a few thousand dollars when you could just rent it when you need it? So that's eventually where we'd like to go to is, is that uh, direct to consumer, but not starting there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that, that, that makes a lot, of, a lot of sense. I think it is people underestimate in today's world how hard it is to gain just the consumer is inundated with everything they're having to think about and to build a brand with consumers directly is incredibly expensive and time can, can be. And, and I think the way you guys are going at it makes a lot of sense. So for our listeners who may be interested in co-hosting for our professional property managers, for our single unit uh, listeners, what is the best way? Obviously I'm guessing go to the website. Are they able to, is it self onboarding? Um, how's that process work? And what locations are you guys serving as well? I mean, are you guys nationwide? Are you guys looking at particular destinations that you can serve? Good question. So the way you can find us is our website. We have yet to launch the uh, self-serve listing feature just yet. That actually should be launching in April. Uh, so keep your eyes out for that. If you want to get in contact with us, uh, LinkedIn, email, or the website is the best option. We are actually serving seeing uh, globally at the moment. So we started US, opened up both coasts, and then realized that our core traveler is actually someone who's taking destination type travel. So Costa Rica, uh, Greece, Italy, you know, we want to capitalize on this before COVID really goes away and we can open up the world to massive travel again. So I think now is the perfect time to, to list an amenity and get, get trying the program. <laughs> That's great. Well, Madison, thank you so much. It, it's really been fun. And it's a great it's a cool concept. I think it's almost, it's so broad in its, um, or expansive in its opportunity 
that to me, it's just more about where do you focus? Because you're right. I mean, you, it can become experiences and people actually trying to list themselves as the asset, right? And and things like that. And maybe that's a good place, but it's it's tough to start everywhere. And I think I'm encouraged by the fact that you guys are trying to really find a good base to then build from. But I, very impressed by everything you're, you're building and everything you've done. And we really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I always love talking guest experience, seeing what everyone else is up to and yeah, so thank you for having me on and yeah, I'm happy to be back anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it for this week's episode of Guest X. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episode. We are Mr. Guest Experience, Brian Hamawi and Matthew Loney signing off and reminding you to always create a customer experience worth talking about.